0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Mike Montague about the role of play in fostering creativity and driving increased productivity at work. Mike Montague, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hey, great to be here. Yeah, it's great to be with you today. You're joining us from the Kansas City area, which is actually uh, where I'm from. I'm here uh, south of Salt Lake City in Orem, Utah. And today we're going to be talking about the role of play in fostering creativity and driving increased productivity at work. Of course, uh, Mike brings with him uh, a whole range of experiences and uh, both professional and personal life, uh, as well as uh, all the, the great things that he's accomplished in his career to add to this conversation today. As we get started, I wanted to share Mike's bio with everybody. Mike Montague is dedicated to empowering lifelong learners with opportunities they didn't know they had. He teaches driven professionals on how to improve their business development, virtual events, internet marketing, social selling, and communication skills. He is available as a speaker for keynotes, virtual event MCs, guest blogging, podcast interviews, corporate training, and much more. And Mike, is there anything else you would like listeners to know about your professional background before we launch on into the conversation?
1: Well, I would say one is I am a uh, quite prolific podcaster. So I have a podcast, How to Succeed, which is for sales and leadership principles. It's been going for like six years as like 500 episodes, 2 million downloads, uh, a whole lot of fun. The other one is Playful Humans, and that's where I interview people that play for a living. And that's just my personal passion project, my uh, COVID baby, where I interview people like Jugglers from America's Got Talent, uh, uh, Justin Guarini from American Idol, or uh, DC from Tag Team, uh, and whoop, there it is, uh, all the way to like the founder of Comedy Central uh, and all kinds of cool interviews there if you just... Want an excuse to have more fun on an interesting uh, interview podcast? That's one there too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I, I have been podcasting for a long time, too, and I can appreciate the amount of time and effort and work that goes into having a long-running podcast like your own, so uh, congratulations on that. And for anyone listening to the podcast uh, feed and not watching the video, uh, you can note uh, that uh, Mike is—he has on his microphone uh, a really nice little sign that says, Playful Humans, which I think just illustrates very well his approach and what we'll be exploring together today. Uh, so thanks again for joining me, and it's a pleasure to have you. Now, as we launch on into the conversation, uh, perhaps we can frame this up a little bit and talk about play at work and what you mean by play at work.
1: Well, uh, that is a big question. Let me start with the the top four. Uh, top four things that I think benefit uh, teams and, and productivity when it comes to play that people don't think about is, uh, number one, connection. Uh, Just, it's creating a fun environment with your team. You know, team bonding and and team building events have been around forever, but people forget that that's how you learned and made friends as a kid. Uh, You went and played with people. Your best friends are the ones that you played with. Every single day, and so if you want better teams and better communication, you got to learn how to play because that's where we learn. You know what buttons people get pushed and where their boundaries are, and and what they think is uh, you know funny and entertaining. We learn to overcome challenges and stuff. So a lot of good stuff there. The second thing for me is creativity. I think a lot of organizations want people to talk about innovation and creativity and brainstorming and creative problem solving but there's no room to practice that. In fact, most of the time, everything's on the line uh, and and saying, uh, quick, Jonathan, I need you to be really creative and come up with something interesting is not a great way to get that done. We need a playful, open space to make that. High,
0: high stakes uh, accountability <laughs> is not probably the best environment to foster creativity and innovation, is it?
1: Right. No, there's few things that in life that are just counterintuitive, right? Like the more you try to fall asleep, the less likely it is to happen. The more you try and make someone fall in love with you, the less likely that is to happen. Uh, same thing about making a sale or being creative. Like when you try and force those things, bad things happen, they become less likely. So creating a play space where we can, you know, have, uh, you know, I think Google has that, uh, you know, up to like 20% time and things too, where you take time off and brainstorm, brainstormer, you can have risk-free innovation. That's where really creative ideas happen. When you walk away from the computer, you go for a walk or you jump in the shower. That's when those aha moments come. And then I think there's two more things. Number one is uh, company culture, and so everybody wants to improve culture and uh, inclusiveness and um, better, you know, morale and things. Which I, I think are all great things to to think about but there is this fourth one that we forget a lot which is confidence that the way to build confidence is by through failing not through success and i think people don't realize that And in, in my career i have this famous story i've told tell all the time because it's so great i got fired live on stage as a dj by Billy Idol in front of thousands of people. Like I, don't, I think it was around 4,000 people. Once that happens, I'm bulletproof. I can, I can do a podcast like this and I'll be okay. I'll survive. Right? It,
0: it doesn't get much worse, right? <laughs> You've yeah. you, you kind of hit rock bottom and, and you, you go through that, uh, the mental exercise of like, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen? It's already happened to me. So we're good.
1: Yeah. So through play, we create a, places where we can fail safely, where we can build confidence, where we can find small wins too, and insignificant wins that lead to our confidence and our creativity and our connection with other people. And ultimately a a more positive and productive culture too, because I guess the the last thing I'll say here, and they'll let you ask a a second follow-up question, (laughs) would be, um, I think people underestimate how much pressure and how on we are all the time. Human beings are not machines. And so if we don't Uh, I, you know, people call it unplugging, but I think it's actually plugging back into our energy centers that if we're just constantly running on battery power on fumes and we're not sleeping, if we're not going out and playing, having some sort of recreation downtime, re engaging with what gives us energy in our life, we're going to burn out and burnout is what causes turnover and what causes loss of productivity and just all the bad things that happen in our modern work environments. Yeah. And just to
0: highlight a couple of things that you mentioned. Um, so first, as we're thinking about either unplugging or reconnecting to our energy source, however you want to frame it, recognizing that everyone's different, right? And you, you can think, for example, along the introvert extrovert spectrum yeah. and wherever you fall on there, what that looks like to plug back into your energy source probably looks quite a bit different. Uh, and so we, we have to allow for people to do that in a way that actually make sense for them. That's actually going to help them recharge. Uh, that's really important. Uh, something else that you mentioned, uh, just a couple of minutes ago is, uh, you, you laid out some of these different types of quote unquote play that we see at work. And I think a lot of times we, when we think of play at work, we think about those examples of like a ping pong table at work or a foosball table, or like the, the Google slide or, you know, these types of things are kind of fun things. Um, And it can mean that, but that is a really narrow, limited view of looking at play at work, right? Maybe, can you speak to that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I I think you set me up for a uh, great plug. If you go to playfulhumans.com slash quiz, there is an online like BuzzFeed style quiz where you can uh, find out one of 10 different playful personality styles. So you're right. Some people enjoy creating and painting and uh, making music. Other people enjoy physical activity and jumping and playing and running. And other people love social activities and and interacting with other human beings. Some people like puzzles and challenges and uh, intellectual pursuits and discussions. And so, yeah, everybody's different. There's lots of different ways to play and re-engage with what gives you energy but you're you're hit on a bigger point with companies about these uh, ping pong tables and arcade rooms and other things is most of the time they're not used. You know, the basketball courts, you don't have permission or set times to do that. I think it's really hard for somebody to say, hey, I'm gonna leave this meeting and go play ping pong because I need to recharge, right? That just doesn't happen. So what we need to do is think about either time blocking something. Some of the most cutting edge organizations are saying, you know what? From ten to eleven, we want everybody off of Slack. Shut off your phones. Do not answer it. Do not schedule meetings. Like, go and recharge and think and create time and space for that. Other most of most organizations are setting maybe a team happy hour or a team break and getaway on a regular basis, so that we can just des- disconnect and create um, places for better connections between the human beings on our team. I found, especially in the remote work environment, that There tends to be this schedule of like meeting to meeting to meeting and you're leaving one and going straight to the other. And there's no um, connection and camaraderie even before the meetings anymore, because it used to be, you know, we were waiting for everybody to come into the room. So you'd at least chat for five, 10 minutes, you know, in the hallway or getting coffee or waiting for people to come into the meetings. But now everybody's clicking on right at the top of the hour when that calendar alert went off and there's no play anymore. There's no, connection time and and time to just bond or relax like there's no off switch and so creating specific times for those is extremely important and it's even not just about giving them the opportunity but almost requiring these days companies that are requiring vacations requiring playtime, requiring people to shut off their notifications after five o'clock are the only way to get people the actual space because otherwise the culture tells you to always be on and to always be checking your email until you go to sleep and then first thing when you wake up.
0: Yeah, inevitably that's what happens, right? And and employees will follow what they see their leaders doing. And so you might say the right things and you might put in place, you know, some of these different opportunities for play, but then you're constantly getting pinged on Slack or on your email. Uh, You're getting called at all hours of the night or emails Mm -hmm. all hours of the night. Uh, You don't see your boss taking their vacation days. So you don't feel like you can take your vacation days. Like, right. All of this comes back to just creating a a true culture where this can happen. And that starts with the example of leaders uh, because, your people are going to follow your example, uh, whether that means you're on all the time and you're just like being, you're, you're the one, the first one in, the last one out at night, the, the one that's always responding to your emails. Um, it, on, on the one hand, that seemed like in our Western culture, that seems like this this ideal that we stand up as being this, this person is amazing. Uh, but in reality, it can cause a whole lot of harm, even if it's unintentional.
1: Yeah, well, to your bottom line too. So what I wanted to highlight there was, This isn't just a good idea. It's not a feel good, fluffy kind of thing. So sometimes I have to be careful because we get serious and we talk about the problems and things of people not playing. But like, I want to have fun with this too. But before we move on and talk about that things, it's really important to highlight to decision makers. And like you said, people in the Western culture that think 60 hour work weeks enslaving is the way to become successful. It's not. Working harder gets you more work and more busy work. And we've seen things like the um, Pareto principle, where really 20% of things matter and 80% of your time you're wasted on things that that don't matter. Or uh, Parkinson's law, the tasks take up the amount of time you allot for them. So when people work four days a week, they accomplish the same amount as when they did five. And we've seen things in studies that uh, if you work more than 40 hours a week for more than six weeks in a row, you start producing less than if you had just worked the forty hours a week because people burn out and they slow down. And maybe this forty-hour work week, uh, when it was created in the 1900s for factory work, was a good idea when you were doing physical labor. But now we're doing emotional labor and we're doing creative work and we're doing you know human interactions that you can't keep up that pace for that long. People slow down. They run out of ideas. They start producing less. Than if they actually took a break. So there's some famous studies and and stories of people that, you know, were spending two weeks on a project. They took two hours off to go to a party because it was a family's birthday party, and they got the innovation, that breakthrough that they needed, and they solved it the problem in one day that they had been working on for weeks or months ahead of time. So I that, think that that's the that's the, we what don't we realize s- that.
0: and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, we don't realize that. And I've experienced that. I mean, it's kind of the the plot point in a lot of shows or movies where all of a sudden you, you have the spark of inspiration, this, this innovation that happens. Um, and so maybe because, you know, that's a common theme in, in, in media and in different types of entertainment that we think, oh, that's not real. Uh, but it, it is, that's actually how it usually happens. There's a lot of nobody gets
1: there by grinding, right? Nobody gets there. Like you don't see them in the office for the 80th hour on no sleep and all caffeine. And that's when they have their breakthrough that never happens.
0: No, it it doesn't, and there's so much research on this. You highlighted a few of those key points, um, but but yeah, Harvard came out with a, a landmark study, oh maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I'm everything's fuzzy with COVID time, but uh, <laughs> you
1: have to add a year, yeah. yeah
0: so who who knows exactly? But uh, they came out with a great study that really promoted the six hour workday uh, instead of the eight hour workday, and since then there have been additional studies that have looked at. I mean, really. In turn, you know, for knowledge workers, uh, not we're not talking about you know retail or working in a factory or you know those types of blue collar jobs, uh, but for knowledge workers where you have to like be creative and you have to um, innovate on a regular basis, you have to pivot, be agile, and and be strategic. Doing that kind of work, you really can. You're lucky if you can get two to three hours a day Mm -hmm. in that kind of intense thinking kind of mode. Now, you can do other types of more rote work and go to some meetings and do those sorts of things. But the reality is most of the productivity is going to happen in that two to three hours if you're lucky. And how often do we have this culture where you just have to grind and grind and grind and you put more and more time in at the office, you're spending 10, 12, 14 hour days. Um, It it, it just doesn't work. And so this comes back to what you've mentioned a couple of times now, and that is burnout. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the negative impacts of burnout psychologically, emotionally, and and in terms of your physical health is huge. Um, Of course, all that then uh, transfers into uh, difficult team dynamics uh, because interpersonal things start to get... um, frazzled, uh, when you're burning out, uh, you just don't work as collaboratively. You don't work as you don't get out of your silos as much. You tend to kind of hunker down into comfort zones and, and you're kind of putting in the mode, you're, you're going through the motions, putting in the time, but you're not really getting anything out of it. That's what tends to happen when, when we burn out, uh, let alone, you know, uh, turnover and all the costs associated with that. And so if, if we don't, have opportunities for people to unplug or to reconnect with their with their uh, energy sources and and do that through you know, the different framings around play like you talked about, inevitably burnout will happen and inevitably uh, you're just not going to get as much out of your people. You, and you highlighted uh, several of those points really, really well. It, it, it's worth noting again and again and again, because again, our default in Western culture, I think uh, here in the US is to just you know, put in long, long hours, always be on, and something's wrong with you if you're not sitting at your desk in your office all day, right? Or, or you're not yeah. you're not a team player. You're not putting in the t- the work, even though you may be producing amazing results in comparison to your colleagues.
1: Yeah, I, I would add two things to that. I, I totally agree. But number one is, um, I have tried it, and I think you have too, and and I think everybody. Um, in our culture, we've, look, we've tried to optimize things, right? We've tried to work on time management and productivity hacks and all of these things, and they really don't work. Uh, they're not sustainable over the long-term because we're human beings. We're not machines. So sure, you can optimize, you know, resources and times on a, on a piece of machinery or a computer, and you can optimize those schedules. But when you're talking about the creative work that you mentioned it just doesn't work that way. People, you know, like you said, the studies show, they have like six productivity days uh, out of an entire year, maybe, but even like up to like six a month. So like a good 80% of your time, you're in those busy work meetings and and you're not creating the breakthroughs that actually matter. And like you said, with with the day, same thing happens on a day schedule. Uh, Same thing happens when we look at teams. So, I work a lot in, in sales training. I've been a professional sales trainer for the last uh, 11 years. And we know that to be true, uh, that there are some things that you need to work hard at. You're going to have to make some calls. You're going to have to get some momentum. But the top salespeople in almost every organization work less than the ones that are grinding they're making one big sale. There's a few clients that matter. They're having a great connection or a great relationship. It's not a quantity of calls that matter. It's the ones that connect and resonate with the buyers that matter, right? So I I think the great way to think about that, and and this is my, my second point here, is that if we can program a computer to do it, we don't need a human to do it, right? So if we could create a script that was the perfect sales call, we would have that script run and we'd have a robot do it. But we don't need that. What we need humans for now in 2021 is for connection. It's for creativity. It's for problem solving and understanding in a way that computers can't do. So all of that other time management productivity stuff was for a different problem. It's a problem that we're solving with robots and computers. The problems we need to solve now are about energy management. And so in order to be on and be creative and to connect with another human, we have to be in the right emotional mindset. We have to have the right energy for that. We have to find flow in our creative work. And those things are not enhanced by uh, the policy of more, better, and faster. It's about doing less, doing the right things, and doing things that matter, that, that computers can't do.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you've mentioned a couple times now about the, the, the idea that grinding um, and working harder will get better results. Well, let's unpack that a little bit and talk about why. Uh, that, that doesn't really tend to work. Um, I, I, again, it depends on the type of work you're doing, I suppose. Right. And if you're doing, if you're doing manual labor, you know, putting in longer hours to get more done uh, can make sense. Uh, but even then you have to be very concerned about burnout <laughs> and, and health and physical strain mistakes and, and, other and, things, and, yeah. and mistakes. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so that's not the answer uh, there either but it, it makes at least some sense in those types of jobs but when we're talking about knowledge workers we're talking about strategic leaders uh, and people striving to you know to really just create a dynamic culture and, and do all the work of leadership um, grinding longer and harder just doesn't really seem to, to to work and so how do we disrupt that mentality um, since yeah. so so many of us just get stuck in it all the time
1: so how I did it for myself was thinking about play and thinking about really what matters to me and when I am most engaged and doing my best work for myself. Like we said, that may take a lot of different forms. Yours might be, you know, solving difficult puzzles or, or mine might be um, entertaining and doing public speaking and, and things like that on, on a stage. Um, I value all parts of the team. So I don't think that there's any work that's less valuable than others. Uh, I am really glad we have accountants and legal and and stuff at the organization that I work for, because I don't want to do that work. Right. But I always kind of joke with the team. It's like, if you don't ask me to fill out a spreadsheet, I won't ask you to get on stage in front of thousands of people. Right. But when we can find those magic moments for us, that give us energy. It's like when your cell phone's plugged in. You can do that all day. You can do it a lot longer. You can be engaged in these moments of flow. And I think what people mistake is that you sometimes can get in a flow doing a challenging, mundane task like checking your email. You can get caught up in hitting these buttons and replying to these things and filling it out, but that's not really what matters and it's not really what's fulfilling that gives your life meaning so that you want to keep doing it and you want to give your best effort and you come up with creative ideas for, to use it faster. So what I think is most interesting about when you take a play mindset, play has a few key areas. Number one, it's work that's freely chosen. You're not, um, you can't force people to play and have fun, right? That's something that they have to opt into. And I feel like our work life should be the same thing. If somebody's forcing you to do something, you're going to do it worse than if you chose to do it, uh, and, and just a lot of studies have shown that. Also, with productivity, that most people are not engaged; they're they're burnt out, and so they're doing mediocre work rather than really good work. But there's a level of challenge here that when you play, you play because the game is fun and interesting to you. So if you are going to lose, if the work is too challenging. And it's over your head, you give up and you stop playing the game. If the game is too easy, if it's tic-tac-toe and we all know how to play it, that gets boring too and we turn out. So what happens when we think about play in our work is what would be fun and engaging? How do we keep this game going? What's something that's going to push our limits and our comfort zones and make us be fully present because it's challenging work, but not so challenging or not so easy that it burns us out. And I think, uh, so that's kind of three things. One is freely chosen. Uh, two is challenging three is our, our strengths and what excites us and interest. I think number four for me is, um, connecting it to importance, but that we don't normally put on play. So this one is a little confusing because when we think of play, we think of frivolousness. We're doing it for no reason, but that's what makes it, important. When you put too much stress on things, it goes back to that free will and and stuff too, but it's like you're forcing the issue. When we go towards grinding, we're putting too much pressure and stress, and our human systems just don't handle long-term stress well. We're built for short-term stress, but then you have to relax. You have to find recreation. You have to get sleep and recover. Otherwise, that leads to burnout. So when I think about taking a playful mindset to our work. it's about doing important things that are challenging, but doing them with a playful mindset in a way that is uh, not putting stress on success or failure or um pretending like the world's gonna end or somebody's gonna die if we don't proceed. you know it may even be that way, but taking a playful mindset at yeah. it is what allows it to be sustainable. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. If it's too serious, no matter what the work is, you're going to burn out.
0: Yeah, yeah, very well said. Mike, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. I know at the time, and we're running uh, low on that time, but before we close today, I wanted to make sure I gave you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Sure. Uh, Really easy. Playfulhumans.com is the website where you can check out our podcast, learn more about this. There's a community of other adults rediscovering the the power of play. You can join that. If you would uh, like to have me talk to your team or facilitate uh, a team building environment, I host game shows uh, and other team building events that are super fun. Mike Montague, uh, mikemontague.com or any of the social media channels. And then here's the final word, Jonathan, I want to play a game with you. So every time I do it, I try it. So I got some uh, family feud style survey questions for you. I'm going to go with, um, here's a fun one. See if you can get one of our top five answers on the board. Name something that cats and men have in common.
0: Cats and men, they like to lounge on the couch.
1: There you go, being lazy. Number 2 answer, <laughs> congratulations. You nailed it. Oh, I should. Number 1, uh number 1 was uh love sleeping. Love sleeping. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. All right. Number uh question number 2. Uh What is a good way to teach children the value of money?
0: Uh, uh in my home, we do chores and have an allowance.
1: Uh, There you go. Allowance, number one answer. You did it. And question number three, during a power failure, name something you can still turn on. This is my favorite question.
0: Uh, I would say my cell phone, um, first and foremost, and using the flashlight on my cell phone.
1: Uh, phone is on their flashlight was the number one answer. Yeah, radio, water faucet, and spouse also in the top five. Uh, so all good answers. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Mike. It has been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Mike and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.